I'm going to finish up my series this morning called Imagine Heaven. Uh, my series was based, a lot of it was based on a book called Imagine Heaven. Uh, we had them for sale at the Red Desk. We sold 45 of them. If you didn't get one and like to get one, you can get on Amazon and you can uh, just put in the book uh, Imagine Heaven. Uh, it really has ministered to me. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to read it, I know it'd be a blessing to you. And I have really enjoyed teaching this series on heaven. Thank you, man. I appreciate it very much. <clears throat> Praise God. I've really enjoyed teaching this series on heaven. And we've looked at heaven. We took last week and we looked at hell. And we looked at people's near-death experiences and what they went through. And uh, I was really ministered to and encouraged by it. And uh, I wanted to pick up right here and stir something in your heart. Every single one of us are going to live forever. You are an eternal being. All right, you are going to exist forever. Now, the question is, as a Christian, we know that we're going to exist forever in heaven with God. We're going to be with Jesus Christ, our family and loved ones that know Jesus. But then if you're outside of Christ and you don't know Christ, then we found out last week that God created hell for the devil and his angels. But if you choose not to be a part of what God's doing, uh, there's no other place for you to go uh, if you're not interested in heaven. But you're going to exist forever. Uh, we do a simple little object lesson. I've done it many times in kids' ministry. Uh, I have a little kitchen uh, service glove. And if you've ever worn a glove before, uh, this one's kind of sticky and kind of hard to get on. But if you've ever put on a glove before, uh, you know that there's no life in the glove. What makes the glove work is the hand inside of it. All right? Your body is like this glove, okay? Your body is alive this morning, not because of your flesh. It's alive because of the eternal spirit man on the inside of you. You see, inside, you're eternal and you're going to exist forever. Well, when the day comes that you pass away, uh, you slip out of that body, if you will, and then we take what's left over, the remains, and we clean it up and we dress it and we put it in a casket and we have a service and, uh, and we bury it. Or you may choose to be cremated. Lots of times people struggle with that. I've had people ask me if it's, if it's okay as a Christian to be cremated. Listen, on resurrection morning, you're going to get a brand new body. All right, And think about all the people that have died since the creation of the earth. Lots and lots of them, their bodies don't exist anymore. So I don't have any problem with cremation. If your body's cremated on resurrection morning, you're going to get a brand new body. Now, my mom and dad this morning are in heaven. All right, They are spirits, but they are themselves. They know who they are. They look like themselves. They're fully aware. They're alert. They're alive. In fact, they're more alive than I am. They're more alert than I am. They can smell better than I can. They can see better than I can. They're in heaven right now with Jesus. But their bodies are in Amarillo, Texas. My mother and father and my grandparents on both sides are buried in Amarillo in the cemetery. And I can go by there and see their headstones, and I know where their bodies are. Now, here's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to come for the church all right? It's called resurrection. It's called the rapture. Jesus is coming for the church. And if he decided to come today, okay, and today would be a good day, wouldn't you think? Okay, I mean, the Cowboys have won. We've gotten rid of Romo. I mean, today's a good day. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm playing, I'm playing. I have nothing against Romo, okay? All right, I have nothing against Right, but just besides that, all right, besides that, if Jesus decided to come today, my mother and father are going to be resurrected, and they're going to have a brand new body, and you and I, the Bible says, will be caught up in the air, and we'll meet them in the air, and you and I, in an instant, the Bible says, we'll be transformed from mortal 
to immortal, and we're going to have a resurrected body. And then the Bible says that the day is going to come when Jesus is going to restore all things, and there'll be a new heaven, there'll be a new earth, we'll be on the earth, we'll be in heaven, we'll have resurrected supernatural bodies, and all kinds of amazing things are going to happen. But what I want you to see is all this time that we've talked about heaven, you're not going to want to miss it. You're not going to want your families to miss it. You're not going to want your friends to miss it. Amen? All right, I want to read some scripture to you this morning out of Psalm 1611. Now, as I read these scriptures, again, I just want you to understand, I've got good news. You're going to live forever. You are going to live forever. Have you ever known people who had a bucket list? And I'm not against bucket lists, okay? But people do a bucket list of the things they want to do before they die, okay? Uh, well, man, you know, I, I wanted to go to Rome someday, and, you know, the tickets are expensive, and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to go, and I don't know what I would do when I got there. Well, I've got good news for you, okay? When the kingdom comes, you can go to Rome, and Paul can take you on a tour. Amen? Yeah, amen. Okay, all right. This life doesn't end, okay? So don't live your life thinking, I've got to get all these things done, because then once my life is over, it's over. No, in fact, your life is just beginning. All right, so I want you to understand that. Let me read to you this morning, <coughs> excuse me, out of Psalm 16, verse 11. Listen to what it says, New King James. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Now, you can have that, you can have some of that in this life, but we're gonna have it in fullness in the kingdom. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, listen to this, I wanna show you something. It says that God wants to show you and I the path of life. All right, you are seeking and on the path of life or you wouldn't be here this morning. You'd be doing something else. Listen, God does not want to trip you up. He does not want to hurt you. He does not want to confuse you. All you have to do is say yes to him and he will lead you on the path of life. Listen to what it says. In your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. One of the things that you can experience in this life is the presence and the pleasure of God. But the day's going to come when heaven is going to be real. We're going to be there. All things are going to be made right and restored. And it says right here in this verse that there will be pleasures forevermore. Where? In God's presence. Now, I've said this before, and I've corrected myself. I've said, you know, heaven won't be a big, giant church service where we're going to be in church forever. Okay, I've said that. And I'm the, I love church. I love being in church. I'm glad you're here. But if I got up this morning and said, hey, we're going to have church today till about 5 o'clock. Okay, well, you'd be thinking, man, man, I need a biscuit, right? Man, here in about 30 minutes, man. I mean, I got, I'm going to have to have something to eat, right? I mean, you'd be okay today because the Cowboys aren't playing. But maybe there's another thing. You think, man, I, I'm going to go get a drink and, and then I'm going to slip out the door, right? Nobody wants to be here till 5 o'clock this afternoon. But the people that had near-death experiences the people who were in the presence of Jesus, here's what they said. They said all they wanted to do was worship him, and all they wanted to do was do it forever. Now, again, I'm not saying heaven's going to be an eternal church service, but when you get in the presence of Jesus, the Scripture says that there's going to be fullness of joy, and there's going to be pleasure forevermore. Let me read you the next verse, Psalms 27, 4. It says, One thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Now stop right there. Jesus said in John, in my house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. That's one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I get ready, I'm going to come get you so you can be where I am. Listen, that's what heaven is, folks, is to be where Jesus is. 
And he said, and in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Listen to what it says. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The King James says forever to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Listen, you're not going to want to miss heaven. And I know the majority of you in here know Christ is your Savior, and you're not going to miss heaven. And in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is joy everlasting. And we're going to dwell there forever, and we're going to behold his beauty, and it's going to be amazing. Amen? Let me go to Isaiah 25, 6. Listen to what this says. It says, in Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. Now, stop right there. He's talking about heaven. He's not talking about some party in Jerusalem that's going to happen now. He's talking about when everything is restored, that we're going to be with Jesus, and there's going to be a feast in Jerusalem. Now, here's what's interesting. He says there's going to be choice wine and choice meat, so obviously we're going to eat and we're going to drink. Remember when Jesus was resurrected and he met with the disciples, what did he do? He built a fire and he roasted fish, and what did he do? He ate. He had a resurrected body, but he ate. Then later on, he walked through the wall. Now, he didn't bust through it like Superman. He walked through the wall without damaging the wall. But he ate. He had a supernatural body just like you're going to have. Listen to what it says. It says there will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine, choice meat. Then God, he will remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever. Now, see, he can't be talking about the earth. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about when all things are made right. And he's talking about the earth when it's restored. Why? Because he says he's going to do what? He's going to remove remove death and he's going to swallow it now the bible says that our last enemy is death but the good news of the scripture says if you're a christian oh death where is thy sting oh grave where is thy victory you see death has no sting the grave has no victory because we know christ is our savior and we're eternally alive and going to spend eternity with him but the day is going to come that we're going to gather in jerusalem for a feast and we're going to be there and we're going to hang out Melvin and I are going to hang out together at the feast, and we're going to be young and good-looking and have lots of hair and be thin. Now, you know, amen? Now, I'm not saying that about him. I'm saying that about me. Okay? All right? All right. Yeah, we're going to be thin. We're going to be good-looking. We're going to have hair. I'm going to look like Tanner. I mean, amen, right? Now, someday, if Tanner lives a long time, he's going to look like me. Okay, the poor kid. Okay? But, but we're going to be restored, amen? All right, now listen to it. It says that death will not be on the earth anymore. Death will be swallowed up forever. It says the sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. I know a lot of you in here have shed tears. I've shed tears. And it says that Jesus is going to wipe those tears away. He will remove forever insults and mockery against his land and his people, the Lord has spoken it. Now, when you read over that, you can almost think, okay, you know, that sounds kind of weird. I mean, he's going to remove the insults and the mockery. But stop for just a minute. Every one of you in here have been hurt by words. Every one of you in here have been hurt by people. I've been hurt. You've been hurt. We've been hurt by death and decay. We've been hurt by words and insults. And the day's going to come. When Jesus is going to wipe away your tears, he's going to remove the insults and the mockery, 
And all things are going to be restored. And you're going to be healed. And you're going to be who you are meant to be. And there's going to be peace. And there's going to be love. And there's going to be happiness. And there's going to be restoration. Because Jesus said there would be. So there's hope for the future. Let me continue to read. In that day, the people will proclaim, this is our God. It's a, it's a little short sentence with an exclamation point. This is our God. Listen to it. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in the salvation he brings. Now, I want you to see something really powerful in this. It says there will proclaim, this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in the salvation he brings. I've I've thought this for a long time in my heart. And I'm not saying this about any of you. I just say this about people in general. Okay, Jesus may not matter to you today. Now, I know he matters to you because you're here, okay? But you, you think about, I have people in my family that Jesus doesn't matter to them, All right? Jesus may not matter to you today, but there's going to come a day in your life when he's going to be the only thing that matters. And it says that when we're in heaven and all things are restored, what are we gonna do? We're gonna proclaim, hey, I trusted him and he saved me, the Lord in who I trusted, I'm going to rejoice. Because why? Because he brings salvation. All things are going to be made right. Let me go to another verse. I want to read to you out of Revelation 22, starting with verse 3. It says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. Now, I've shown you two simple things this morning. There'll be no more death, and there will be no more curse. What is the curse? Well, the curse is sin. Listen, folks, and I know you know it. We've talked about it. Our world is broken, and it's broken because of sin, because of our own sin and because of the sin of our forefathers. Our world is broken, but it says there's coming a day there will no longer be a curse on anything. There won't be any more curse. There won't be any more death. For the throne of God and the Lamb of God will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they'll see him Excuse me, they will see his face. I'm thinking we'll see him face to face. I want to stop right there. Okay, I cannot wait for the day when I see Jesus face to face. And I cannot wait to look into his eyes. And I cannot wait for him to look into my eyes. Now, I've said this before. For a long time in my life, the first person I wanted to see in heaven was my father. For a long time. You have to understand, I was 18 years old when he passed away, and I'm 61 now, and I've been on this journey with Jesus Christ. And now the first person I want to see is Jesus. Then I want to see my father. But for a long time, I wanted to see my dad first. And my love for my dad hasn't changed, but my love for Jesus has grown. I cannot wait, Jesse, until we see him face to face. And I'm going to look into his eyes, and he's going to know me. Everybody that had the near-death experiences, you know what they said? They said, he knew me better than I knew myself. And he's going to embrace me with his arms, and he's going to say, welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome home. I cannot wait for that day. I cannot imagine only what it will be like. It says what? It says that I will see his face, and, and his name will be written on my forehead. Okay. I don't know that I completely understand that. Is, is that okay? It says his name will be on my forehead. I mean, I... Okay, I don't know outside the pearly gates, there's the heavenly tattoo parlor, right? Then we're all going to get in line, and, ne- and I'll step up, and the little guy will go, and I don't, I don't know, okay? I, I don't know. I don't, that sounds weird, doesn't it? I mean, it's like, I, and, 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 you know, God has a lot of different names, so I don't know if it's just going to be G-O-D or, or Jesus. I, don't, I hope it's not Almighty Messiah, the living God. It'll be all the way around my head. 
but I'll be bald so you'll be able to see it. Amen, unless I have hair, okay? Okay, listen, I honestly don't know about that, but here's what I know. I want you to have peace. It's going to be okay. You know, the whole idea that we're all going to have on white robes, and it feels, you know, we talked about it, right? And you feel a little weird, like, okay, hallelujah, I'm holding the back of my robe in, right? And no guy wants to wear a dress, right? So that sounds weird, too. So you think, I don't know about that. I don't know about the tattoo on my forehead. But here's what I know. It's going to be okay. And whatever God's doing, it'll, it'll be okay. Amen? Okay, so I want you to be encouraged with that. I could have read right over that and not said a word. You would have thought, that's weird. Wonder what that's about. But pastor went right past it. All right, listen to it. There will be no night because Jesus is the light. Remember, we talked about that. <coughs> there will, <coughs> excuse me, there will be no need for lamps or sun for the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. Remember the people that had the near-death experiences? They said that when they looked at Jesus, it was like they were looking into the sun, but they could look at it and they didn't have to squint or look away. If you remember the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration, it says that Jesus transformed like the sun. Then it says that on John, when John was on the Isle of Patmos, he heard a noise and he turned around and he saw Jesus and it said he was as bright like the sun. Okay, that's who Jesus is. He's the Messiah, our Redeemer, our Savior. And it says that he's as bright as the sun. And it says that it'll shine on us and we'll reign with him forever and ever. Now listen, don't miss this. We're gonna reign. What does that mean? That We're not servants, we're not slaves, we're not orphans, we're sons. And we're gonna reign forever and we're gonna go up to the big house and hang out with daddy. Are you with me? We're going to go up to the big house on the hill, and we're going to hang out with Daddy, and it's going to be good, and we're going to reign with him forever. What's the Bible say? Hey, those of you that hung out in Toya, and you wondered what you were doing there, and you were living this life that you thought didn't matter, because you've been faithful over a little, I'm going to make you ruler over much. Come on and reign with me in my kingdom. And you're going to be glad you were faithful. You're going to be glad you did what he asked you to do, even if you thought it was small and unimportant. Listen, I carried that around a long time in my life. People would come up after church and say, Pastor, that's so ministered to me. And the first thing I would hear in my heart was, well, that can't really matter because I'm in Tulia. If I was somebody important, I wouldn't be in Tulia. And I've said this before, but it's still worth hearing. Okay, if you struggle with that, I want to encourage you. It's okay, get over it. Okay, you matter. Your family matters to God. The people you work with matter. For a long time, I thought I was on the bus of God and it hit a bump and the door fell open and I fell out in Tulia. Right? And when they got back to headquarters, they were going through the paperwork, and somebody said, have anybody seen Rusty? He must have fell out, man, you know? And they just didn't bother to come get me. That's a lie. Listen, you matter. Listen to what it says. It says, you will reign with him forever and ever. Then I love this. The angel said to me, everything you've heard and seen is trustworthy and true. I don't know about you, but that so settles my heart. Listen, folks, the promises of God are true. The angel says they're trustworthy and true. For several weeks, I've had it on my heart that throughout your day, you would speak the name of Jesus. You remember the story last week of the man that was in darkness, and he said, Jesus, and and he came and he rescued him. And he wants to do the same thing for you. And it's so simple and so powerful. When you're going to work tomorrow, just say the name of Jesus. And it can be as simple as, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Listen, Jesus can only be who you'll let him be. You see, he won't force himself on you. See, there's times I need Jesus to be my healer. 
And I go to the doctor, and I thank God for the doctor, but Jesus is my healer. And so I say, Jesus, thank you for healing me. If you need peace, Jesus, well, see, whatever you need, Jesus, thank you for being my peace. Jesus, thank you for rescuing me when I was nobody going nowhere doing nothing, and I was headed to prison or death or divorce. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me a debt I couldn't pay. See, a lot of times the reason we can't forgive is because you think somehow you've earned it when you haven't earned it. You owed a debt you couldn't pay, and Jesus paid it for you. But then you grab your brother by the throat, and you drag him to debtor's prison. And the Bible says that person will be cast into outer darkness. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Just say it. Jesus, thank you. Listen, you cultivate love. Vicky and I cultivate love. We've been married over 40 years, and we cultivate love. And it's in the little things. It's the little things that you cultivate love, just like a garden. All right, I do the same thing with my Savior. I cultivate love. How do you cultivate love, Pastor? I just say in my driving, do my routine, my day, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I know you love me. You proved it when you hung on the cross. Jesus, thank you for healing me. Jesus, thank you for giving me peace in my mind. Jesus, thank you for touching my brother. Jesus, thank you for ministering to my kids. Jesus, I send your name and your grace over my family. It's just that simple. And it, you know what it does, don't you? It brings the light of God and the grace of God into your life on a daily basis. Now, let me continue to read. Listen to what he says. He says, The angel said to me, Everything you've heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspired his prophets has sent his angels to tell his servants what will happen soon. Listen, well, I don't preach on it very much, but Jesus is coming soon. I said he's coming soon. Amen? He's coming. That's what he said. He said, I'm coming soon. Let me read to you out of Revelation 7. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count. I love this. From every nation, every tribe, and people in language, and they were standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes. There's those robes, but they're going to be cool. They're going to fit. You're not going to have to hold the back of it, amen? And they had palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar. They were shouting with a great roar. You know, sometimes in church, and I'm guilty too, sometimes in church it's not easy to worship God. You're thinking about all kinds of things. You're tired. You don't feel good. You had to get your kids ready, just like Joe said. By the time you got here, you've had three fights. Wiki and I lived in that for years, right? You fight all the way to church. You get out of the car and come inside. Praise the Lord morning everybody man i'm glad you're here right you get back in the car right i've done it i mean i've done it sometimes it's hard to worship god but listen when we're there it won't be hard it says they shouted with a great roar now i love sports for two reasons number one you don't know the outcome i love how you can watch sports at the last play of the last second can change the game I mean, yesterday I watched Ohio State and Michigan, and it was double overtime. And I don't, I'm not a fan of either one of those teams, but it was an amazing game. I love how you don't know the outcome. The second thing I like about it is the passion. I love the passion. I mean, when that game was over yesterday, all the crowd poured out on. The, 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 the police couldn't keep them off the field. The, you know, the losers are crying. The victors are shouting. I mean, the, the, right, it's passion. You know, when I watch athletics, a lot of times I think, man, I wish we had that passion more in church. You know, yesterday, Sports Center was on yesterday morning, college game day. It came on at 6 a.m. 
Can I get up early anyway? I'm an early riser, but I'm in front of my TV with my coffee at 6 a.m. ready for college game day. And I tweeted Vicky, get up, it's college game day. And she didn't tweet me back, I don't know. She was probably in prayer, amen? I don't know what she was doing, right? But I, I, you know, and then there's, the, you know how those guys are up there and they're talking about games and then all behind them is all these crazy people with no shirts on and they paint their faces and they're holding up these dumb signs, all for sports. Well, passion. Okay, listen, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna shout with a great roar. Listen to what we're gonna shout. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Listen to it again. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Listen, it's gonna be so amazing, Jonathan. You and I are gonna be there together. And we're gonna be a part of this. We are gonna be a part of this. Listen, it may not seem real today. It may not seem real this morning, but the day's gonna come when this is gonna be a reality and we're gonna be there together, right? Even you boys from Arkansas are gonna be there, amen? And we're gonna shout. It says we're gonna shout with a great roar. Salvation comes from God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Let me read you one last verse this morning. This is 1 Corinthians 2, 9. I say all the time, oh, this is one of my favorite verses, but this is one of my favorite verses. That is what the scripture means when they say, now don't miss this, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I know you love Jesus. Listen, there's not a hypocrite in this room this morning. There's not a hypocrite in this room. I know you're here because you love Jesus. And whether you're young or whether you're old, I know you're here because you love Jesus. And this verse says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for you who love him. It's going to be beyond what you could imagine. It's going to be beyond what you hoped. Because why? Because you love him. And God is going to spend eternity showing off for you. He's going to spend eternity loving you. He's going to spend eternity watching you rule and reign. And it's going to bring him joy. It's going to bring him pleasure. And we, us, friends, family, loved ones, are going to hang out with him forever. Forever. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful this morning that you love me. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us and that we're going to be with you forever. Would you so stir it in our hearts today that we are loved, we are sons, we are daughters, we are not slaves, we are not orphans, we are your sons and daughters, and you love us. And we're going to be with you where you are forever. Oh, let it bring peace into our hearts. Let it bring peace into our hearts. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, I love you. Y'all go and be blessed and have a great rest of your weekend.